Hi, this is Stage Appropriate with Juno. And Katie. Yeah, we talk about musicals. We do. Juno, what is it? Groundhog Day. <laughs> Always likes to do it musically. If you've seen the film of Groundhog Day, I actually think I haven't. Like, I still feel like I've seen bits of it. I don't know if I've ever watched the whole thing. So I don't, I don't know if I can tell you if it's the same. I think it is because I think the person who's written the book for the show also wrote the screenplay. I think that's right. So the premise, what's Groundhog Day, Juno? Like, what is the tradition of Groundhog Day? So it's... In this little town, what's it called? Punxsutawney. Punxsutawney, yeah. Punxsutawney. Yeah, and it's like like really small. And it's a little town, but with a heart as big as any town. Yeah, and and then on February the 2nd, don't. February 2nd, you literally <laughs> sing everything I'm saying now. They have Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. But what is Day. Groundhog Day? Groundhog Day is when, so there's this groundhog. Yeah. Do you know what's a groundhog? Is it a, oh my gosh. Is it a squirrel? Or is it a beaver? Kind of both, but not quite either. Hey, <laughs> no. It's like a rodent, I think. Yeah, some little rodent dude. I'm going to try and find out like it's what not a groundhog very helpful is. For listeners. No, a rodent dude. Okay, and they like get it out of where it lives. It must be very like annoyed every year. It's yeah, burrow. it must be like, oh, Christ, not February 2nd again. <laughs> Would these dudes just leave me alone? It, like, tells you when, if it's spring or not. If it sees its shadow. If it sees its shadow, then it's... Six more weeks of six winter. Six more weeks of winter, but if it doesn't, then it's spring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is a real thing. Groundhog yeah. Day is an actual real thing. But you might have heard the phrase Groundhog Day, even if you don't know about the film. And it's because, I think because of the film, Groundhog Day has become this kind of shorthand for something that repeats itself. What's wrong? Have you just found a picture? It's adorable. Is it cute? Oh, it is It's cute. carrying little babies on its back. Oh my God. It does so sort of look sweet. like a beaver, but also a squirrel. I kind of get that. Looks a bit like a capybara. Like a really small capybara. Yeah. Interesting. So, Groundhog Day is about this guy called Phil Connors. He's a weatherman in You can get them in the UK. He gets sent to Punxsutawney to Gobbler's Knob specifically in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania every year to cover the Groundhog Day tradition and there's this whole ceremony around it and he's very, <laughs> very cynical at the start of the show. What's the matter? You know? And I've just searched up and there's this thing. So, you know, when it says people also ask and then these little things. So, it said, what are three facts about groundhogs? It's come up with four. Like, can Google not count? No, Google can't count everybody knows that okay what are anyway. the facts oh um that groundhogs are the largest species in the squirrel family they can predict the weather <laughs> other names of groundhogs include woodchucks whistle pigs and land beavers woodchucks like, yeah that's what they're called what, in the uk does a woodchuck chuck wood yeah how much wood can a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood yeah right. groundhogs are skilled climbers and swimmers which helps them to escape less skilled predators and groundhog burrows are so complex that each has its own bathroom chamber okay none of that is relevant to the show but it is all interesting. So Phil Connors gets sent to Punxsutawney, hates it. He definitely thinks he's above all of this. He's really cynical about it. And that's sort of the premise of it. So the show begins with this song called There Will Be Sun, which is sung by the people of Punxsutawney. And it's really, really beautiful. It's a really like hopeful song, isn't it? And that's what I think you really notice about the people of Punxsutawney. Like they're really optimistic They're really positive. They're really positive and they're really friendly. And we uh, are currently watching... Race Across the World, which is currently in Canada. And uh, I feel like the people of Punxsutawney could almost be Canadian. They're so friendly. Yeah. Oh, we've got a listener in Canada, haven't we? Yeah. Hello to our Canadian listener. So they sing this song, There Will Be Sun. And I think it sets it up that the people of Punxsutawney are really optimistic and really positive. It's and just Phil, meant to shine a light on like how not into it Phil is. How much of a grump he is. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So the show starts with it. And it's really beautiful, isn't it? There Will Be Sun. I think it's really gorgeous. It's one of my favourite songs from the show. And... <laughs> I feel like 
I've written it down that it's like Annie, the tomorrow there will be sun, and like the sun will come out tomorrow is basically the same sentiment, isn't it? And also the sun goes, tomorrow spring will come. And then it says that if not tomorrow, perhaps the day after. So they just do have this really, really positive attitude. And spring obviously yeah. is like a symbol, isn't it? Of like happiness and new life and hope and all that kind of stuff. So after that, you get that lovely, soaring, hopeful, beautiful song. And then you get the sound of the alarm clock. Phil waking up in his hotel room in Punxsutawney and just in a bad mood. And right, so the music for this is written by Tim Minchin. Yeah. Who also wrote Matilda. And if you've listened to our Matilda episode, you will know that I think Tim Minchin is a complete genius and I'm really obsessed with his writing. Yeah. And come on. So, is this another groundhog fact? No. <laughs> so, so when he wakes up on this day, he's just really grumpy. And he's in a his bad mood. clock radio thing comes on. Juno was a lot. Juno had no idea what I was like, why is the clock was? singing to him? Yeah, she's not anyway, understand. The clock, I have the lyrics to the little song. Okay, it does are you going to sing it? I don't know how it all goes. but sorry. Who is that? Who, Who is, is that? that? Emerging from his burrow. Who can see today what we won't see until tomorrow? Shamashim, of the, the shadows, shadows, springer of the spring, springer of the spring. Come on, is it a squirrel? Is it a beaver? Kind, kind of both, both, but not, not quite, quite either. either. And it goes, That's right, woodchuck chuckers, it's Groundhog Day. And it's just like relentlessly positive. Like they sound like proper <laughs> local radio people, like, Hi! <laughs> and again, it just really contrasts with how moody Phil is. And what I think is really clever is, right, there will be some really, really beautiful, soaring song. That font looks like a Cards Against Humanity card. Yeah, and um, there's this bit in the looks, it just goes, Woodchucks! <laughs> So the music at the start is like these weird notes that are like, I want to say like discordant. Is that what I mean? Like they don't sound nice together, do they? So it's like, it's already showing that he's not a good fit and the music indicates that. So he just sings about how there's nothing more depressing than small town USA and there's no town smaller than Punxsutawney on Groundhog Day. How is it uh, smaller on Groundhog Day? The music in this is really complex, I think. And it's very wordy and some of the rhymes are really hard. And I just think it doesn't sound like anything else, does it? It doesn't sound like Matilda even. No. But this show is really, really unique. So you get this song, Day One, Small Town USA. And it's a whole load of different stuff. So it's Phil, and then it's the people in the town. You get Rita doing like her diary entry, February 2nd. We've not said who Rita is. So Rita is the producer. So Phil goes to goes into town. He's really moody. Hi, it's Groundhog Day. There's, he's got his cameraman. He's got his producer who he's he's really rude to both of them. He's kind of rude to everyone. There's a, a homeless person who approaches him to ask for money and he's like, no. This guy is like, Phil, Phil Connors, we went to school together. So you get all these opportunities for Phil to be a nice person and he doesn't he's take any not. of them. And we get to the end in this says but if not tomorrow perhaps the day ah ah <laughs> so you get to um the end of the day they're sat in a diner waiting to go and then the police officer's coming in it's snowing you're stuck in town and phil's really annoyed because he just doesn't want to have to stay there another night and if you're yeah. familiar with the story of groundhog day you will know that what happens next is it the clock goes again who is that yeah. who is that emerging so throughout the first half you get this same song repeated three times and it's that same thing so every morning he wakes up because what's happened is he's stuck in a time loop again it's if you've seen groundhog and day, no one else you know this. is no stuck. one else is so he's the only person well i suppose they are all stuck they are he's all stuck but he's the only one who knows it really reminded me and again this is going to be something for grown-ups rather than children it reminded me of the good place where they kind of repeat or they spend like thousands and thousands of days in the good place and he is a bit like that except he would think he's in the bad place but he's like decided he's like in love with rita now well not in love so he so phil realizes after a couple of days that he is trapped there he's not getting out and to start off with he's fed up so he sings this song stuck he goes to a bar and sings this song with a couple of local people i was born in this town and i'm gonna die 
guy here too. And they're separate songs. And that's when he realizes that if he's stuck there, then he can do whatever he wants. Yeah, because like he gets arrested. Oh, and... Yes. No, stuck is the one where he goes to see the all the medical yeah. people, isn't it? And in the the song with those guys is nobody cares. That's nobody one. cares, and it's funny. And they're just like doing crazy stuff and being chased by the police. And then he gets arrested, and the other two don't because the policeman's like their, their uncle, uncle or something. It was clever, wasn't it? How they did the car. Yeah. So, so they were all in a car, and then it sort of shifts, and the ensemble who are used so much in the show in really interesting ways are all kind of holding cars, and it makes it look like from the audience perspective, like you're seeing a bird's eye view of the car chase. It's yeah. really funny. So Phil does that, and then the next song is called Philandering because they make a lot of good jokes in the songs based on his name because he realizes that the best thing to do if you are stuck in a time loop is just to try and get with every single woman in the town. It's only a small town, so there's yeah. not that many of them. And it's he like, uses oh. this kind of reset every day. So oh. he will on one day ask a woman like, "Where did you go to school? Who was your English teacher?" And, and then what, yeah, and then he and uses what's your that. Name? And then the next day, her name was like Nancy or something, and he was like. Nancy Mrs this... Thomas's class whatever it was it he was says like, it was like Mrs Walsh's English class and she yeah. was like oh hi <laughs> obviously the people of Punxsutawney are too polite to point that out what is quite funny is that she's clearly quite a bit younger than him and she says we we were in the same class and he's like yeah so that's quite funny and then he spends so he tricks Nancy quite easily but then what happens is he sets his sights on Rita his producer Yeah. she already thinks that he's a bit of a douchebag doesn't she she's not a massive fan And what you see is again and again, so he tries like every single tactic he possibly can basically to try to trick her and she yeah. just doesn't he always and makes a mistake like, like and a she really ends up small storming mistake. out and then he's like what did I do wrong could you tell me please so he can just not do yeah, it the so next day sure he doesn't do like it like every day he's like oh I was so close yeah the point is first half he's just not a very nice person he's really really unsympathetic even though currently in the old Vic production he's being played by Andy Carl who's the original person who played Phil Connors won an Olivier Award won everything on Broadway to Tony is in Legally Blonde was in the original cast of Pretty Woman he's done so much good stuff you mentioned Pretty Woman so I'm so and I I desperately wanted to see him in the show and if it hadn't been him I would have been absolutely devastated so I was absolutely thrilled that it was him the first half ends then with this song called One Day which is kind of like Rita's I Want song I suppose isn't it so it's her talking about and weirdly she's quite cynical about romance as well like she's saying that one day maybe my prince will come but like she's not really holding out for it she says that he'll come on a horse but she's allergic to horses or something so she sings this and it's like you know one day maybe my prince will come but also like maybe he won't or maybe he'll be terrible and then all the rest of the ensemble so throughout you've seen all of these other people like there's this couple who seem sort of like stuck in a, a kind of rut of their own and one of them is it the one where one of them like really wants to be able to sing yeah but she can't so they all say, they all join in so this ends up being like a really big ensemble number where they're they all singing about the want. things they want. So like this character, Fred, he wants to have the courage to propose to his girlfriend. She really wants to be able to sing. So you get all this different stuff. But she's really bad at singing. And actually all the ensemble numbers in this musical are so, so beautiful. Like the orchestration and just the way that the different parts are written. There's yeah. a lot of bits where like some people are singing one thing and some people are singing a different thing. I'm sure there's a word for I that, really but I don't like know what that. it is. But the whole thing just, it's luscious. It's absolutely gorgeous. Like, and even listening to it and not hearing it live, it's just absolutely beautiful. So again, that's really, really amazing. 
amazing. So then first half ends, I think with him, the alarm going off again and him smashing his alarm clock. And then the second half is tonally really, really different. You get to know a bit more about the other people, don't you? So like the first song in the second half is this song yeah. called Playing Nancy, where Nancy, who was obviously tricked by Phil into going out with him in the first half, she sings this song about like how people don't see her as a person, men don't see her as a person just because she's like, she's just known for her looks. Yeah. And, and it's I've... really sad. It's a really beautiful song, actually. Yeah. I found out what the word is for singing. Oh, what is it? Polyphony. Polyphony? Polyphony. Oh, that's good. And it's the Greek word for many sounds. Oh, I love a good Greek word. Yeah. That's exciting. So you get this song of Nancy and then, and then one of the, maybe the best song in the show, I don't know. But this next song, Hope, because what has happened is that at the end, it's at the end of playing Nancy, isn't it? Where you've got the whole groundhog thing again. And then Phil turns up, shoots the groundhog, shoots himself. But then obviously wakes He thinks up he can just kill day. himself. And So this is one of the reasons. Yeah. So I would, I don't think this show is, particularly inappropriate there's like the odd thing there is something in the first song where I was like please don't ask me what that means and there's like the odd swear word but it's not and inappropriate is it? no um, no in the first of Phil's the first bit that he sings then this song because what happens in Hope ironically he's not singing about Hope like I hope I'm going to get out of this he's the hope, singing I hope I can kill myself I hope I can end it all and so what you see in this song because what it, it says it ties three ways yeah what it says in the programme is that they envisage that he's stuck there for 10,000 days which yeah, is like an which unimaginable which you really like understand amount of time so in hope what we see is him trying to end it so a bit it but he it's, sort of it's so cool and not not people attempting suicide that's not cool no. but the way it's staged and because the first like magic the first half was so funny and then this song part of it i think is how andy carl sings this song because his voice is intense and it's amazing and he's got that sort of growly quality to it as well and you do Very get low. this sense of him as being like a man on the edge in this song I think whereas in the first half he's all sort of smooth and doesn't really take anything seriously whereas at this no. point he's absolutely done so if you can listen to this song then do because it's incredible do you want to talk a bit about the staging of it Juno? Yeah so the three ways he tries to kill himself Um. so the first one we mentioned where he just tries to shoot the groundhog and then shoot himself and everyone's like ah yeah. Also, merch. Come on, toy groundhog people. Yeah, there wasn't any merch. Which ah. We were really sad about, weren't we? Maybe it's just an old Vic thing because there wasn't one for Sylvia there. and it's yeah. at the same theatre. So maybe we don't run through all the different ways that he tries to kill himself. That might be a bit weird. He tries to like electrocute himself. Yeah. And then he tries to jump off like yeah. a high thing. And what was really clever about it? So what so, made it really like, whoa, what's happening? Like the first time it just, that he did it, it just went dark. And then, and then he woke up in his bed. And then again. he woke up in his bed again. Like you'd get that he could just run. Yeah. But it's that he managed to like because every morning you like see him putting his like not he's not like naked. He's wearing like a t-shirt see him, and, and boxes, isn't he? And then yeah, every and you see he him like his putting his like, suit on. And it, he was in his suit, and then he was just suddenly like in his t-shirt and boxes. Again so it's bed. magic, isn't it? It's yeah. Like, there, and it's then, illusions on stage. So you see him. I think I know how they did. The Whoa. second one. No, oh but it's just like a guess. So if you okay. don't want spoilers, then don't listen yeah. to this bit. Um, he was like in the bath and the shower curtain was pulled. And I think someone else must have come yeah, through. Yeah, you just and... see him in silhouette, don't you? Yeah. But it was, was like, so quick. So you saw that happen and then darkness and then he's in the bed and then he climbs up something tall and he's got a duvet over his head. So we assume there's something Some that kind of sort. Maybe there was drops, two people under but the But straight away he's in the bed. And it, people were gasping, weren't they? Like people around were like, because <gasps> it just, it was amazing. And like I'd heard something on yeah. another podcast about magic tricks in it and I was like what magic what are you talking about <laughs> but 
that's what it was. And it was, it had such that an song impact. That song is singing. It was an incredible impact. And he, just Andy Carr singing that song is amazing. So after that. So then the next day, he is being like really unenthusiastic about everything. And they go to like this cafe where Rita is and then he comes in. And she's like, oh, I wondered if you wanted to head home. And this is like before they knew the thing about the roads being closed. Uh, and right, exactly. he was like no the roads are closed and she's like no they're not and then you see this like whole conversation people have and like and it's the exact same conversation it's the exact same every conversation time. every day and he always and he's just saying the things along with the and people and she's like how do you know all this like, this is weird what about What's 310 closed what about this closed but and he's saying everything and then he tells her he tells and then her what's he happening. says I'm s- you won't believe me and she's like just tell me he's like I'm stuck in a time loop but that's how I know all this and then she's like so he's like you don't believe me do you? And she says this thing about how she doesn't really, like, she doesn't know if she should believe him because, like, it doesn't really make any logical sense. Yeah, but she doesn't just tell him that he's crazy. No, but she says that there's no other explanation for how he knows all that stuff. Well, yeah, and then he sings this song, Everything About You, which is not the Ugly Kid Joe song, Everything About You, from the 90s. It's him saying, he tells her loads of stuff that he, she's like, I've never told you that. And it's really specific. her, like, everything he knows so he says things like you think all films should be 10 minutes shorter you like the thighs of perfectly roasted chicken and he says this thing like you had a dog called steven i don't know why you called him that you never told me so she starts to think like is he like magic or is yeah and what i think is really interesting about the show is you see how much phil changes so in the first half he's he's not a very nice guy he's hot because it's Andy Carl and he's like smooth but he's not a nice person he's really cynical he doesn't treat people well and you see even in the first half that gets worse so like his response when the homeless man comes to him to start off with he just says no and then there's a point later on in the first half where he literally sort of physically recoils and is like ugh and you think and you sat there thinking you've clearly got to address these things about yourself before you can like make any progress so you see here the fact that he's opening up to her and he's yeah. he's not got any agenda he's not trying to yeah. get with her at this point okay. he just needs someone to talk to and then so she like stays like in the room he's staying in overnight to see because she wants to see if like because why doesn't he just stay up like all night and why doesn't he go home before the roads are closed yeah i wonder about that surely in ten thousand days he's tried these things yeah i don't know but she falls asleep doesn't she 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 sings this really good song first if i have my time again yeah which was really cool and then you get all this stuff where he he starts doing different things, doesn't he? Like, he starts having piano lessons. Yeah, because he... she says this thing about... Because he says that they have it fine because they're because they don't even know what's going on and she says that if it is true then he actually has it better because they're just stuck doing the same thing every day without knowing but he actually gets a chance to try different things every day and if he fails then everyone's forgotten yeah and she so she says that's a good thing doesn't she yeah and he's getting to kind of do all of this stuff repeatedly and then you see in the song like he starts doing nice things for people doesn't he like getting the so the owner of the hotel every morning she's like i'll make you some coffee and the coffee's rubbish rubbish coffee he buys her a new coffee machine yeah so and he starts doing nice things for people and then there's this important song called go on so that guy from the start that we said he always tries to talk to him who went who he went to school with ned ned yeah he sings the 
this song, Night Will Come. And after his piano lesson, Phil, he like goes outside and he's like given the money to the homeless guy a few times now. And the homeless guy, he's like, he should have a name so we don't just call yeah. him the homeless guy. Let's come up with a name for him. Dave. He's okay. called Dave. Dave. Okay, so. Do you not think it's like part of the point that he hasn't got a name? Because it's like he's someone who's totally ignored. Because yeah. also no one else in Punxsutawney seems to be saving him. Yeah. So it seems like he's a total like, outsider. I'm just going to call him the homeless guy now. So he like, he's basically like dying because yeah. it's really cold. Yeah. And so Phil tries to help him. And then every day at his piano lesson, he asks to leave a little bit earlier And in this song. And it's always just a little bit too late. And he like late. gives him a blanket. And he gives him a blanket, him takes him to the hospital. He gives him food. Yeah, but nothing and works. And at the hospital, they, he's like, how is he? And they say, like, it's just his time to go. And he's like, no, it's not. I can stop it. And they're like, uh, he's crazy. Maybe he should be in this hospital. Part of him changing is him having to accept that he can't yeah, change that, isn't it? Yeah, which is sad. And like him, he, this story isn't about him being the hero. I imagine that everything in this would just be really hard to rehearse. Because yeah. it's like the same little things. And they do like the same scene, maybe like three or four times. Yeah. But especially with the songs, sometimes there's like a subtle difference. Yeah. So like the melody changes a bit. Like as things get darker, I think that the, the key changes slightly sometimes as well. Because Tim Minchin writes a lot in like a minor key, doesn't he? I know this from trying to play the songs from Matilda on the piano. <laughs> and it does mean you get that sense of like, oh, that doesn't sound quite right. And it's that idea of like things not being quite right here. That's a really beautiful song though, isn't it? But it is really, really sad. Then you get this, again, a sort of turning point for Phil because he makes this speech, doesn't he? I can't remember what he said in the speech. When is this speech? In philosophy, oh, philanthropy even. Is it at Groundhog Day? Yeah. So he, in his weather report, he makes this sort of like quite philosophical speech and the people who he works with are like, oh, wow. And so they kind of see him in a different way. Yeah, and he does like loads of really nice stats because Rita, she's always saying about how cold her feet are. Oh, yeah. And um, he gets her like warm boots. Very boots. And he teach he helps Debbie learn how to sing. Yeah. So he does all that. He's nice to Ned, like they go for a beer or a coffee or something. And he's nice to everyone. And what you notice in that song is you get the little town with a heart as big as any town. But the tempo and the melody are slightly different. And I think it's changing to show that like his luck's about to change as well. So I think that's like hinted at in the music. Then they're having all the way through at, in the evening the, at the bar. I, I don't know if it's just like a bar or a hotel, but Rita's there and he turns up and there's a party going on next door and they never go to it until this point. And then she goes into oh. the party and he's playing piano while Debbie sings. Yeah. They have one of those weird bachelor auctions that seem to happen all the time in media that's based in America, but just seems really odd, like bidding on people. I forgot it's weird. Oh, it was something. in Ted Lasso. So once as well. Go on. I forgot to say something. So the groundhog is called Punxsutawney Phil. Like it's oh, called yeah. Phil and he's called Phil as well. So, so it sort of shows that he's got some weird connection, doesn't it? Yeah. It's odd. So he, the punks to Tawny Rock, they sing the song, he's nice to everyone and everything's, the, the music's the same, but also slightly different. And then at the end of it, he then wakes up the next day, doesn't he? And he sees on the floor, Rita's boots are there. So she stayed the night in his room yeah, and, and it's away. the next day. No, she hasn't run away, hasn't she? Didn't she go and do something? I can't yeah. remember what. So he realises he's broken the loop. And it's not, I don't think it's completely clear like how it's happened, whether it would have happened at this point anyway. There's this Punxsutawney Rock song. Yeah, we've, that's the one where they're at the party and he's playing. <laughs> yeah. And then there's this song called Seeing You, which is just really, really lovely. And even Phil's voice is different in this bit. Because in the first half, his voice is snarky, isn't it? And in this one, and in Hope, it was angry and like despairing. And now in this one, it's just really, really lovely. And like, I'm seeing you for the first time. And it's like, I know I don't know anything. So it's like at the start of the show, it was like he knew everything. But now finally he admits that he, he I know that I know nothing. That's what he yeah. says, isn't it? And Rita joins in. And then the ensemble all join in. And it's just 
this really, really beautiful song. And again, it's like Tim mentioned, right? It's the funny stuff and the beautiful stuff. Like I, in the program, and I feel like I saw this on a video about the show as well, but the director or the like artistic director at the old Vic, however it was that the show came to be, wanted to do, was it this he wanted to do on Matilda? I think they worked first together on Matilda and then this, but he wasn't sure who to get to write the songs for Matilda. And he went to see a Tim Minchin concert and was a bit like, all right, okay, well, these songs are funny, but I feel like I need something heartfelt too. And then I think for the encore, Tim Minchin sang White Wine in the Sun, which is a song that literally never fails to make me cry. It's like, like I always listen to it at Christmas because it's technically a Christmas song. And that's the song that made him think, this is my guy. And I think you really see that in something like Seeing You, that sort of, Tim Minch has just got this ability to like write something that really makes you think about it. And it's just beautiful. It's like poetry. And there's not really anyone else who writes stuff the same way that he does. And then that's the end of the show. So Phil's going to get to go. Everything's good. And it's just, I don't know if yeah. we've done it justice there. I think it's a really remarkable show. Like I definitely think it's one of the best things that we've seen. I absolutely loved it. And I think it's it's a difficult one for us. So difficult. <laughs> just so hard. We've seen so many good shows. But in the same week that we've seen this, we saw, we've seen in dreams which we loved and we've seen lots of times now in the space of two weeks and we've seen this and then we saw operation mincemeat the next day and i just feel like yeah we see a lot of things that are good and what we've yeah. seen in the last couple of weeks are three things that are genuinely brilliant for very different reasons so just spoiled really aren't we what privilege yeah what did you think of this show do you know i actually thought it was really good and i have put it at number four in my top 10 whoa i just need to check i think it's tied with something i think it probably is given the ongoing joke about the state of your top 10 it's tied with school of rock oh two very different shows there yeah interesting though because you could probably do some sort of detailed comparison between dewey finn and phil connors and how they change over the course of the show i feel like there's a dissertation how does dewey finn change well because to start off with he's like i don't care about any of this i'm just here for the paycheck and then at the end he actually really cares doesn't he so i think it is the same june on the way out so we after the show we did not stay in do stage door because I was very conscious of the fact that I would probably humiliate myself if I met Andy Carl and neither Juno nor I wanted to experience that and the eternal shame you just scream and run away I probably it'd be embarrassing I'd be like like, hi muscles I'd be like hi I am so sorry yeah it'd be embarrassing so we just didn't do it I'm fine with this I I like my life choices are good so we headed off to get on the tube to get back to our hotel Juno tell the listeners what we overheard on our way well 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 indeed (laughs) so we were walking up back through like the tube station yeah Waterloo Waterloo and so I wonder how many other stations are named after ABBA songs I think that the song was named after anyway (laughs) (laughs) this song is it's the battle of Waterloo yeah but like it's a place (laughs) the song Waterloo isn't about the tube station I know Waterloo let's all get on the northern line I don't mean it's about the station anyway do you know we overheard something on the way to the train what was it that people were saying behind us he was good she was okay <sighs> so rude and then they said it was kind of shallow it made out that it was going to be really deep like the picture for it is a rodent how does that look like it's going to be deep? it does yeah it's like well i'm not sure what and the thing that really they were really snooty about it and what really annoyed me about this is that, that i think this show is really deep like in the program there is this page where it's like here's where groundhog day's ideas fit with buddhism and neat and Aristotle and you read it and you're like yeah alright whatever but actually it does fit and I'm not sure what show you're going to go and see that is yeah. deeper than this that like probes these like yeah. questions of like why are we here? it is quite existential like I think it does have that idea of like why are we here 
what is yeah. the point of any of it? And what other show? Like, tell me another show that is as deep as that. I can't think of one. And so that really irritated me. I was like, guys, what more do you want? You've had brilliant songs. Really, really funny. A guy dressed up, a person, could have been a woman, dressed up as a groundhog, playing the drums. Well, the head came off at one point and it was okay. Okay, fantastic choreography. The head That's didn't something come that off. we've not mentioned. Choreography in the show is brilliant. The groundhog really played the drums at some point. The set was fantastic. Like, I love that fact the hotel room was like a sort of little set on its own oh, in the yeah. middle and it sort of spun around. The guy in front of us was just taking like really zoomed in pictures Yeah, I'm not stuff. sure if he was going to maybe try and recreate it as a school production He or took something. a picture of the conductor's music. Like, That's weird. And we were in the dress circle. He, he like really zoomed in. I'm trying. You will it. think I am spying. No, he was in front of us. Yeah, he was right I was maybe spying, was spying a bit. Let's bear in mind, <laughs> Juno frequently has told me off for eavesdropping on the people who sit around I us, but she's actually spying on them so you know like mother like daughter a so yeah i really think this show is very deep but it is also very entertaining and i'm just i don't know what these people expected the show has been incredibly well received everything that i've seen in terms of reviews or people talking about it on instagram blogs and stuff everybody loves this show it's really really fantastic and it's inventive and the trigger the warnings that you get for it so now after certain incidents I am now slightly more concerned about what I take Juno to see. I don't want to take her to see stuff that's going to traumatise her or be incredibly corrupting. I think she's fairly incorruptible at this point. So in this show, some <laughs> language, but not like less than, for example, in, in Dreams, reasonably sweary, to be honest. Yeah. Which is quite funny when you think that, a, like, because it's Roy Orbison songs and in Dreams, the audience we've noticed is like largely older people, isn't it? Nice. So older people. I'm not sure how much they love swearing. Maybe they do. I'm not sure. Let's ask some. They laughed every time there's a swear word. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and so this, the thing, I think the thing that makes it inappropriate, obviously, is Phil's attitude towards women, not great, and hope and the content of that. It's the sort of stuff, like, if, if it does come around on tour and you are a child and you want to see it, or if you're a parent and you're thinking about whether to take your child to see it. I think as long as you can have like a grown-up conversation about what he's doing in that song and why all of these things are a bad idea, like why you don't climb up a ladder and then jump off, you know, that's all the kind of conversation. Maybe take like a sensible maybe you have child who's like yeah, but around it's a, it's my a really age. entertaining show, isn't it? Isn't and I think what's interesting about it is you do get the same songs repeated a lot. And I was thinking, is this going to get dull? Like, are you going to get to a point where you're like, why am I hearing this song again? But you don't don't because the songs are so good. And also it helps you. You don't necessarily empathise with Phil because he's not a nice person in the first half. But it does make you kind of feel like you're stuck in that loop as well, doesn't it? With those sort of repetitions, especially with everyone hates the alarm clock going off. Having the alarm clock go off and it's just the same day over and over and over again. That's obviously not. There's a bit in one of the songs where he talks about a day that he had where he went on a date with a woman and it was really amazing. And why couldn't it? That's in one day, isn't it? Where Why couldn't it be that day that was repeated? Not this one. Doing something that he absolutely hates. So... He forgot her name. He did. Joanne or Janine or, or jo- Joelle. <laughs> She's like, it's Joelle. I loved this show. It's a, it's a really, really good ensemble show. Really hard work in the ensemble, I think. Like to have to, because I think actually having to do the same choreography over and over, but subtly different each time. It's really probably hard. really tricky. We've talked about Andy Carl. Tanisha Spring was playing Rita. And I thought she was fantastic. I thought her voice was amazing. I don't know what these people run about. She yeah. was okay. Like, be quiet, ladies. What do you know? Can you do better? Exactly. Can <laughs> you do better? Probably not. Should have said something. Do you know? Them. I found out some interesting things, which is that this show, I feel like people probably thought it was a bit cursed because when it was originally on in London, they had to cancel previews due to technical problems. Because I think the show used to be technically very complicated. 
I think I've heard somewhere that it used to have like a revolve in the stage, but actually it had like seven revolves or something. What? Yeah. Obviously that then causes a lot of problems. Well, it was the same size stage, wasn't it? Was it like maybe there were like revolves within within revolves, possibly like a really tiny revolve? And then theater has that. This happened on Broadway as well. So and then when it was on on Broadway. Andy Carl hurt himself midway through a show. He like tore a ligament or something, carried on the show on crutches and then had to take some time off to do it, but then came back and did like four shows a week while he was still injured. Uh... So there must have been a point where they were like, do you know what? We should stop doing this because someone's going to get serious. Like this show is cursed. So I'm glad that that's not true and that, you know, people decided that wasn't the case. I really, really hope this is going to tour. I would absolutely love to see this show again oh. and again, ironically. Can I just say something? You can, do you know, you can say whatever so, you want. Forgot. Oh no. Something I thought was strange. What was it? Now I'm sad it was a good thought. Oh, maybe it'll come back to you. Oh, oh. That I remember now. Yeah. That his weather report, when you... You got to see like bits of it. It didn't look like very good. Like, so he's so very good. He was like, I'm Phil Connors and that's good weather. Like, what if it's raining? Yeah, that's true. It's, it was but he, I think the point of it is he's like phoning it in, isn't he? Like, especially at the it's start. It's very fake. The show begins with this like really complicated. It looks like one of those picture frame things that people have where there's loads of different like frames and they're all connected by like iron work and like patterns and stuff. So the, the main set start off with when you come in it looks like that and what you see is is phil connor's on every single screen doing the weather so if do you know what i feel like it's demonstrating is that he was always stuck in a loop because his life was doing the weather every day and that's maybe not necessarily very exciting and if he was the same person every day so actually he was stuck in a loop anyway it just wasn't the like the loop i feel like we need to go and see Mm. a strange loop so we can compare them although we definitely don't because i think that's really inappropriate for you so that's not going to happen Oh, and that was cool. And then they use that setup throughout the show for various different things. It was really clever. I really enjoyed just everything. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I, I thought it was going to be really, really good. I've listened to the cast recording from the original production a lot. A lot? Because I really, really like it. And it didn't let me down at all. That was the whole reason for us going to London. It just so happened we then discovered that Operation Mincemeat has a Tuesday matinee, which yeah. is very, very helpful because I think it's the only show in London that does. Thanks, guys. So we saw both of them in the same 24 hours. Ooh. This, I just, I'm so happy that we got to see it. I'm just really, really, really pleased. I'm glad it lived up to expectations. If it does come around and if you get the opportunity to watch it, I do think with maybe like a grown-up conversation about what it is that he's doing in the second half and why, those are not things you should try at home. I don't think it is inappropriate for like mature children. I, that Juno was absolutely fine with it. I didn't see any other children. Oh no, there were those annoying people along from us, weren't they? I Who like wouldn't say excuse me when they came past. About, like how cool the magic tricks were. Not, oh, I'll try that. And it's weird home. then to talk about Groundhog Day in the same conversation as like Frozen, Back to the Future and Cursed Child, which is how we've ended up sort of discussing it, haven't we? Like magic. How do they do that kind of way? Yeah. It was really, really good. Like I would strongly recommend <laughs> listening to the songs because they're just, I just artistically, did a really annoying laugh. I just went, <laughs> brilliant. They're like artistically really, really beautiful. And I just, I'm obsessed with Tim Minchin. I think he should write about 57 more shows so that we can go and see them all the time. He's just literally a, a genius, both in terms of music and lyrics. How does all of this happen in one man's brain? I just don't get it. So stage appropriate, yeah. Older children and teenagers. Yeah. Do, I don't really think of Juno as being like a normal 10 year old because she has been exposed to a lot of grown up stuff in terms of the stuff that we've watched. I think, And I think other children your age could handle it, don't you think? Maybe yeah. not as a first musical. Mm. Although if you got to see this as your first Ow. musical, that'd be a big privilege for you. Oh my gosh, I pulled something in my neck. You did just do a really big yawn. Uh. 
She's injured herself by yawning. Oh my goodness. <laughs> go and see the show if you can. If it comes around on tour, I'm 100% booking. Go and see it at least one more time. Maybe several. I don't even know. I wouldn't even think it was excessive if like it turns up back at the old Vic, which I don't suppose it will now. That'd be a bit weird. Tickets were expensive, but if you are, if you if there is anything on at the old bit that you fancy, it's a beautiful, beautiful theatre, and I think t- tickets for this were expensive. That's why we went on a Monday because yeah. on those occasions you could get a child ticket, which is literally half the price of a grown up one. I wouldn't have paid one hundred and fifty quid a piece for tickets, partly because I'm not a millionaire. Yeah, yeah, you loved it. I yeah, loved I did it. really like the it. The only people that didn't love it were those moany women. <laughs> but who cares what they think They're behind really it? So you can follow us on Instagram at stage underscore appropriate (laughs) you can find our podcast in all sorts of places it's really exciting down the back of the sofa (laughs) Spotify I don't even know it's there Spotify, iTunes and Amazon we would love to hear from you if you want to comment on anything and if you've seen Groundhog Day especially tell us all about it right Juno time to say goodbye because we've got to have our dinner goodbye thank you very much for listening thanks so much Goodbye. Woo!